When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. 37 cars, 37 teams, 37 drivers ready to go. All right, team. Good start to the weekend. Good, good finish to the weekend. Go have yourselves a day, guys. Got a good car, great team. We know what we can do. I'll give you all I got. Let's have a good day here. Go get them at the end. All right, Peaches. Another Sunday afternoon with a fast race car, brother. It's fun to have fun, man. Let's go to work. Yeah, Good green. Set sail here. We got to put the trash on our grill, it looks like. Let's watch your temps. Two. 
Good solid start. Remember, it's not always about the launch. Make sure you stay connected. We run the final 74 laps. Green flag side by side. Suarez to the outside lead by only a fender. There you go. One and a half lanes up. Now good. You're all good on exit. Really good lap. Fastest car that lap. Daniel Suarez has been able to keep them all in the rear view mirror. It'll be this time. Let the one know we're pitting this time. We will pit with the 99. Three, two, one. We will pit this time right here. One o'clock on the right. All the way, all the way, all the way. Turn four. Ross Chastain and Christopher Bell. Hang on to it here. Yeah, right front stem. 20 just cut him off down the front. Chastain was a lap down as he just made his pit stop. Anything bad? I think it's killed. Front end seems like it's in line, though. All right. We got a penalty. I've argued every way I can. A road tire that ended up being a safety violation. So we're going to go to the back. Oh, my God. No. Damn it. Kevin Harvick is out front. Green flag goes back in the air. The advantage goes to Harvick. Bottom of three. Still there, still there, still there. Please play. Logano runs Wallace up the racetrack. I'm not worried about behind us. Let's go to work. Bubba Wallace has been going to work on Joey Logano for second. Still there. Clean air. Look at his edge. Daniel Suarez. They're front, guys. They're front. We stay under the green flag. Keep your momentum. Stay focused. Kevin Harvick across the line. The checkered flag is in the air, and he becomes playoff eligible. P2 run. Sorry. Failed, y'all. I don't care what you think. That's a hell of a weekend. Great job, man. All right. Welcome to Tracksmack here on TracksmackRadio.com. Don Hall, back with you again this week. Uh, Mike Haig, of course, from RacedaySA.com is here as always. Mike, good evening to you. Hey, hey Don, how are you doing today? Doing well, thank you, sir. And uh, we are joined, we have a special guest, Mike, somebody that has been with us in forevs. Um, I know. You know, but but we still we still like to think of him as being a part of our show. He's a part of, you know, our fam. Yes, better he be. Is. He's, like, I better be. <laughs> He's uh, the director of competition over there at Petty GMS Motorsports, I guess. Is that how y'all call it? I still call it Petty. Yeah, uh, officially it's Petty GMS. Petty GMS. Okay. so uh, But it's Philippe Lopez. Uh, long time, no talk to you, Pila. This, this is like, I don't know, almost before COVID. It has been a long time. It, it has. has been. Yeah, we haven't talked this season, I don't think, at all. No, I, I think y'all lost my number, but it's, it's okay. No, no, no. We had him <laughs> scheduled one time, and he fell asleep. That's right. Then <laughs> I guys are, then we you guys him, are night owls. Well, then we had him scheduled again, and we had to cancel on him. So, right. so we're even now. <laughs> okay, we're even. We're even, but... Uh, big show. Uh, there was, uh, of course, it, well, we wanted to have Philippe on anyways, but it worked out really good as well because uh, Petty GMS had a huge announcement this week uh, that we're going to talk about. We're going to discuss Michigan, which was another 
another great race. Kevin Harvick uh, got the win. So, Mike, another chalk, chalk another winner up in there. You've got uh, some of these guys like Truex and others still still waiting to see if they're going to get in. Uh, Truex, Blaney are the ones that people are really kind of looking at. Yeah. But, you know, there's you had Bubba Wallace. They're crying because he got second place because he wants it so damn bad and was right there and, and was there pretty much the entire race. Uh, we're going to discuss that and listen to some audio. I mean, we say it every week, Mike, this season, yeah. this new car, everything that has transpired, you really can't pick a favorite or or you can, you're welcome to throw a name out there, but, but the likelihood of them winning the race yeah. isn't a guarantee like it was before our last season or seasons prior. Well, you're right, Don. You know, uh, we're only a couple of weeks away from the playoffs starting and um, 15 different winners this year. I mean, that's just amazing. And um, I, I have a feeling we're going to have a 16th different winner before it's all said and done. Philippe, do you think we'll have 16 or do you think we might even have more than that? I think we might have 17. And I know, you know, Kurt Busch doesn't want to hear that because <laughs> uh, he's losing points every week. But it just looks like, with, I mean, Obviously, when we get to Daytona in three weeks, that's anybody's shot. So, you know, we don't know what's going to really happen there. But I can see Truex with uh, as good as he's run at Richmond in the past, albeit this is a different car. You know, he, he's obviously a contender to win this weekend. But if you look back just at the spring, I think him and Blaney, both one was fourth and one was sixth, something along there. So they both can run good there. So they're both sweating it. This this is a, the neatest I've ever seen the coming to the end right before the chase on how how a car is going to get in. It's not points. It won't be points this year. If it is, it's only going to be because of a tiebreaker. So yeah. I think it's well, pretty I you, cool. I tell you, Philippe, you know, you mentioned Blaney. Um, I would have thought he would have won by now. And the one race he that he did win was the all-star race at Texas, and it doesn't count for the, for the uh, playoffs here. So it does not count. <laughs> Philippe, I mean, speaking of guys who have had almost wins – I mean, Mike and I have talked about it week after week. Your guy there, Eric Jones, just putting himself in contention just about every single week. It's funny because it's not just, I mean, track house, I know, was is, is kind of been the talking point for, for most people all season long as well. They should be. They've been running. To me, I know a lot of people still are, because Chase picked up some wins and some other stuff, but I still feel like, and maybe it's because I'm a little bit of a homer, I like the team, I like uh, Justin Marks and stuff, but to me, they're still the team to beat. Because every week, that one in that 99 car seem to be like they, they, they've got a great car out on the track. And it's either um, Suarez has just had a lot of things happen to him on pit road and stuff, mistakes that really aren't even his mistake. It's his pit crew and stuff that, that's kind of taken him out of some of these things. But so many of these teams that most people, I mean, hell, Petty was struggling to keep their doors open last yeah. season. And, oh, definitely. And look at this, y'all. Y'all have signed now one of the biggest, you know, or or guys that was going to be a you know a free agent out there, or someone that was out there that teams were looking at. And y'all snatched him up early to have two cars now for next season. You've ran two cars this year with Ty Dillon, um, but you've been up there in contention. Eric has been up there and has, uh, I mean, week after week after week, this car has been a savior, hasn't it? Especially for the smaller teams. For us, it's been two things. You're right. The car has equaled up the whole field. Um, now, the, the, the best are still the best. And the ones with 60, 70 engineers, they're going to have, they're going to be able to find the little things that make this car move. But what's really helped our program, aside from the Gen 7 car, 
is Dave Ellens came in here with, with a whole different mindset. And I got to give him just a lot of credit that uh, he he's really good with the people, with the car, with with all, with all the data that he's being given from RCR and GM. And uh, he's he's taken our old team. We really don't have anybody new. And he's taken them and just moved a few people around, got the people doing the right things. And it showed at the ratio. We, when we unload strong, it just Eric gets all the confidence in the world. So we, we've had a couple of chances to win this year, just hadn't quite pulled it off. Yeah. And then, Don, how many times have I said, here we go again, Eric Jones in the top 10. I mean, he scored a lot of top 10 finishes. He's right there. He's close. And, uh, Philippe, I think he's going to do it at some point, even maybe after the, the playoffs start. I think he's going to get a win this season. Yeah. I mean, you know, any other year, 14th in points would have probably make the chase. Yeah. But with this year, uh, you you know, we're ahead of a lot of guys that have already won a race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but we got three more shots at it. So we'll, we'll see what happens. We haven't thrown in the towel yet, but I, I agree with you. I think uh, Eric's going to get, he's going to get a win in 22. Well, and everybody knew. I mean, everybody's talked about it. Once when Eric uh, left, what Gibbs and went over there, you know, everyone talked about the fact that he's he he was such a great pickup for you guys. Super talented guy, just somebody that wasn't getting the bulk of you know the attention or whatever on his vehicle and 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 stuff that he needed. He was what fourth on the team, pre- pretty much in pecking order, and. That happens, and that's what sometimes is the downfall of these quote-unquote superpower teams or whatever is, you know, there's not enough stuff to be divided equally around to, to everyone. There's always going to be a pecking order or a totem pole as far as where you fall, and unfortunately, he was at the bottom of it where he, you know, where he was. And, and now, you know, now he's going to be the mentor kind of, I mean, he's the experienced guy there in the cup series with this team and you're bringing in Noah Gregson uh, under him. And I, I, I mean, I, I just, I'm so excited for the team and, and to see where, what's going to happen with you guys. It definitely, I mean, it is a three, not even a 180. I mean, it is a 360 oh, yeah. <laughs> turn and in the right place. Yes, yeah. for sure. It's funny that you say that because I sent Eric a text tonight and I said, you know, I've been thinking about everything with Noah coming in and, and you and the 43. I said, you're going to be the mentor at the age of 26 <laughs> over the youngster at 24. I said, this ought to be great. <laughs> oh, so funny. So funny. Well, um, Mike, I know we've got audio. So Kevin Harvick comes away with the win. Um, honestly, pretty much the entire race was the class of the field. I mean, and, and, and got up there. And once he was up there, I mean, there was a time where he was gone for a while. Ross Chastain had another great race there for a little bit, and then things got messed up. And I want to talk to Philippe, too, about him. We'll do that here in a little bit. And again, we did mention Bubba Wallace, second place run. And I'm not going to lie. I kind of wanted to see Harvick win, you know, yes. But I really, Philippe, I've had this thing all season where, you know how we still do our picks and we do our our pick, our dark horse, and our really, really, really dark horse. Well, um, early in the season, I knew Daniel Suarez. I knew it was just a matter of time before he'd win. So I would pick him every, I said, I was going to pick him until he wins. And so when he, he won at the road course, I'm like, okay. So then I said, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing with, with Bubba because I think he's just been running. 
I honestly feel like he'd been running really, really well all season. It was just he unfortunately was getting caught up in a bunch of other people's crap, too, uh, out on the track. And and then also pit crew issues were killing his team as well. You know, the, the last three or four weeks, Bubba has had incredible finishes and just really had seemed to be riding that confidence wave. And then Mike, I mean, we saw that. And, mm-hmm. and Philippe is very experienced with this, having worked with Bubba for a couple of years. We saw that ugly, ugly demon uh, thing raise its head with him, which is called, uh, you know, the negative energy and just that negative headspace that that brings him down. It's like he can't focus on positives that happen. It's immediately. And I know depression will do that to you. I've been there and I've suffered from it. And it's very easy to be critical of people, but you just don't understand that. When you suffer from depression, it's almost like you're expecting, you're waiting for something bad to happen. So when it does, it just cancels out anything positive that's happened because that's just what weighs on you. That, and I think he's just too, he's so freaking competitive and he wants a win so bad mm-hmm. that it was just, you know, it was almost like the Ricky Bobby, if you ain't first, you're last <laughs> you know, kind of deal for him. <laughs> Philippe, talk to us a little bit about that. You know, watching him, you know, you had him for under, long. under, you know, under your your belt there for for a long time and stuff so you know him better than anybody um talk to us a little bit about that and and his abilities i think too you know unlike a lot of other drivers he and and this isn't necessarily a great thing because he does suffer from depression but he probably wears a lot has a lot more pressure off the track from crap you know just uh, just ugly, ugly crap that gets thrown his direction sometimes. And I'm sure it doesn't help either as much as he wants to try to say he doesn't pay attention to the haters and stuff. I'm sure it's a little hard sometimes. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Bubba's got problems that, you know, a lot of the guys in the garage just don't have, uh, but he's got to learn. And we were always on him about this. That He's a race car driver. That, that's all we cared about. All that other stuff, I, I'm not, I'm not degrading it, or whatever. But we're not social warriors here. We're yeah. we're race car people, and our job's to you know try to go win races. And when I, I watch him, he's done very good at 2311. Uh, he has nothing to be mad about or whatever. They are running great. Mm-hmm. All six Toyotas are running great. Um, that's kind of been what's held him back, if you want to know the truth. When he's when he's in class, which is the six Toyotas, if you're going to win a race, that means you've got to beat the other five. And there's a good chance that at least three of those cars are in the top five. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how strong Toyota is right now. Uh, it seemed like about midway through the year, they, they flipped the switch, and we're, we've all been trying to catch them. I think, I think Chevrolet's done the best job of, of keeping up. Uh, but, you know, it's just Bubba, for his own team, he needs to be the, the, the rah-rah guy. I know that sounds weird, but, you know, you don't want your guys to be walking on eggshells around you when, when he's the driver. Yeah. So, you know, hope, hopefully I think he's got a good support group around him. So, around him. so hopefully they're going to. After what happened last weekend with the interview and afterwards, I think they're going to get with him and say, look, this is what you got. This is what you've accomplished. This is what you've done. This is everything that's going well. You know, we had mm-hmm. we had pit stop problems in the beginning. We've got that fixed, seemingly. 
So if he'll focus on the positives, you know, and like you said, Don, not waiting for something bad to happen. Because you know what? Something bad happens to us every race. Yeah. It, nobody has a picture-perfect race. And, and, and look at Rodney and, and Harvick. Mm-hmm. They, they have not had a picture-perfect year. <laughs> and I mean, we're, we're not talking about two people that don't know each other or haven't worked together. These are the two that yeah. arguably have been the best in the last five years as a team, as a tandem. And it has taken them a while, both of them, to get their hands around this car. You know, what Kevin needed, what, how Rodney was going to work on it. And as they got better, the problem was because the field's more evenly, more even, it was hard for them to show out. But they finally put it all together. And, uh, Pretty, pretty impressive performance last weekend. Don, you want me to play the audio so those that are listening yeah. can yeah, I'm sorry about hear? That. Yeah, yeah. Here, so here's Bubba being interviewed, and this is kind of what we're talking about, um, his comments on finishing second. Here we go. Bubba Wallace finishes second, and Bubba, I saw you take a moment in the car here when you pulled up and just collecting your thoughts. What was going through your mind here as you pulled up and sat in the car? Uh, just... Um, Replaying everything I could have done. Took the top there on the restart. Thought I could, you know, hang with the four and just got to race in the five and the 22. And 22 did a good job of getting another Ford contract, helping a Ford win. Um, Just uh, all in all, incredible weekend. Appreciate my team. Uh, Wish we could have got Toyota in victory lane. Wish we could have got McDonald's back in victory lane. She was fast all week, man. Just, uh, uh, I'll wear this one on my heart for a while. I failed everybody. I know you put a lot of pressure on yourself, and it's obviously you're obviously disappointed here. But you said you would have done something different on that restart. What exactly move wise would you have done different? Uh, got clear of the five sooner. You know, he was he was doing his part, putting it on my quarter there, keeping me tight, and just the side by side here allows the four get the board to get away. Could have taken the top, pushed the four. And then it could I I could have been the five in that scenario, right? So just uh, hate it, hate it for our team. Sucks. I saw Booty Barker come up and talk to you, your crew chief Denny Hamlin, your co-owner. What they have to say to you? Ah, uh, just great job all weekend. I mean, it is a hell of a job for our team. So there's a lot of positives in this, but I'm a person that looks at the negatives more than positives. I need to change that, but I want to win so bad, and this was the best opportunity. You can tell Bubba really wanted this one. You know, Don and Felipe, when I saw that right at first, I was like, man, he had nothing to be complaining about. You just finished a damn good race in second. And then I then I was like, this guy has got some issues going on right now. He needs some somebody to come talk to him and counsel him because I was really worried. I was like, man, you know, don't be getting down on yourself like that. You just drove one hell of a race and celebrate the second place victory, you know, count it as like a victory almost or something, but I don't know. No, you're exactly right. And I think people need to understand. I know it's been said a lot this week that Bubba really wanted it. Yeah. There's, there's 35 guys out there that really want it. You know what I mean? He doesn't have the exclusive on that. Um, It's you, you've got to, Acknowledge where you're at, what you did. Um, yeah, he, he could have played it different. You don't want to do that to yourself because th- third place will do that, fourth place will do that, fifth mm-hmm. place will do that. Everyone said, well, if I would have done that, you didn't. You did yeah. what you did, and that's how the race finished. Put it, in, put it in the back of your head. Next time you're in that situation, do it different. 
Right. Well, and see, I I look at it as he's got to look at the positives. And I mean, first of all, he had one of the I mean, he's definitely not a good road course racer. And, you know, he had a great road course race here a couple of weeks ago. They're getting ready to go to another road course. He he he's a good short track racer. So he'll I mean, he's got a good chance there at Richmond. Um, And then you got Daytona coming up, which he has been. I mean, when we think of the super speedways now, he's definitely one of the favorites uh, that you look at. But. Um, you know, I, I know Booty Barker, I, I know you've known Booty forever, and I was excited about that pairing up because I think, you know, I mean, Booty just brings so much experience and stuff into into that relationship, but I think the ultimate person in that relationship that the one person that I don't see Bubba ever talking shit back to or being a, you know, just because Bubba can go into asshole mode. I mean, we all know that. So I, the one person I don't see him doing that with, though, is Michael Jordan. I just don't see him doing that to him personally. I think he has way too much respect. And I think that Michael Jordan will be the guy that is the difference maker in that because Mike and I have talked about this. There was a lot of stuff, Philippe, you know, over the last couple of weeks when they made the announcement, um, you know, of the third car coming in possibly or whatever there in 2024. And, and, and immediately people are like, you know, oh, who's out? Is it, you know, Kurt going to be out? Is it Bubba? And I, I told Mike, I said, you know, again, I could be wrong, but I don't see Bubba needing to worry about that kind of stuff because I feel like. I mean, while Mike had been interested in NASCAR and stuff and doing something in NASCAR for a while, I think Bubba was the factor, though, that really made that decision easy. But, you know, Michael was all about he likes Bubba. He likes, you know, I mean, he he wants to see Bubba succeed. And not only that, but Bubba's just I mean, right now he's brought so much sponsorship and attention, you know, to the track now with that team. And I I just think he's too valuable to that team, even, you know, off (laughs) off the track as well. But I I just believe they that they do believe in him and they want to see him succeed. And I think Jordan is the person that will be the one to kind of give him that talk, you know, like, hey, I mean, I wasn't always on top of the world (laughs) either. You know, I mean, there was games when you know, I should have, I shouldn't have done this shot and I did, or I shouldn't, you know, and I, I don't see him kind of being that little jerky, you know, sarcastic person back to Michael Jordan. I, I could be wrong, but <laughs> no, I don't think, I think, uh, everybody treats Michael with a little bit of respect. Uh, I mean, he's Michael, you know, he's the greatest. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, he'll be able to help out, but I mean, you know, just comes from a different world, but like you said, it, you're not always on top. You're not always perfect. You just got to learn from those mistakes. I and mean, Bubba is still young. Yeah. You know, and he needs to understand that the people that, that Kevin Carvick, probably twice his age. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. positive about that, but he's got to be up there close. Yeah. So the experience factor, you know, 10 years from now, Bubba will have all that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I speaking you- of Harvick. What were you going to say, Mike? Oh, yeah, before we get to Harvick, I wanted to comment on, you know, uh, you mentioned 2311 and Kurt Busch and everything. And um, Ty, Ty Gibbs has, you know, stepped in here over the last few weeks, and he, he's been pretty impressive. Uh, he had a 10-place finish here this past weekend, and he's he's looking good. I think he's ready for Cup. What do you think, Fleet? Yeah, I mean, sure does look like it, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. he's, he's had a very impressive uh, debut, so mm-hmm. – it gives Joe Gibbs a lot to think about because I know they got a lot going on over there. So when you have a, a backup plan, 
it's a pretty good backup plan. Can I, before we do the Harvard thing, can I ask both of you your thoughts? Because um, I started to say this earlier and I digress, but I was waiting for, I was really hoping for that caution <laughs> to come out there though, those last couple of laps because I really wanted to see a restart. And I'll tell you the main reason I wanted to see, well, because I thought it would give Bubba, you know, close that gap that Harvick had. But then there was a part of me that was like, I don't know though, because Hamlin's car was really fast and he was coming. So I'm like, I don't know, because Denny, I think, would get around him. And then it hit me and I'm like, oh, wait, though, I forgot. You know, I have to think about that ownership part. I'm like, does Denny go for the win? Because Denny's already got the win. He's already in. Or does Denny help his help? You know, how is this going to work out? How is it going to play? So there was, of course, the drama of it all that I really wanted to see unfold. Um, Let let me help you with that. Denny goes for the win. Denny goes for the win. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ten years from now, when they're looking back, how many races did Denny win? He's not going to say, well, I gave one. That's not going to happen. You know, you heard Bubba make a comment about the 22 insuring his Ford contract or whatever. Well, there was some talk, and um, we're not going to play the audio, but I invite folks to go on to the – uh, NASCAR Sirius XM Twitter page and you'll find of course we talk about it every week where Joey Logano comes on on Tuesday mornings and he's there for an hour on the morning drive he does a, a whole thing and he's amazing I, I love it I think he just brings a great perspective uh, to to the show and he he's very honest and he open is, about stuff he is great at the media he is. He's very good. Well, it's funny, though, because he talked about Bubba sending him a text on Monday and basically told him that he's uh, basically the second coming of Ryan Newman <laughs> is what he said. And then he basically called it, said he had that he was Ryan Newman, something about but he has a neck, but with douchebag eyes and glasses or something. I don't know. Douchey eyes and glasses or something. But even I mean, Joey was laughing about all the Joey laughs at everything. But it, it was fun stuff. I mean, that's kind of fun to see that, you know, these guys, you know, do that kind of stuff off afterwards and all too. And I guess it made me feel better because it's like, OK, Bubba's joking about it, you know. So, OK, maybe he got over it, moved on, saw the bigger picture. But Harvick, we get Piper gets yeah. into, into the car. So, you know, we've seen Keelan do that. So Piper got to go for the ride and she was just, you know, doing her little homecoming wave. Um, did it great. She did. She she knocked it out of the park. So I was I was happy to see that. We have the audio uh, interview. So here we go. Here's Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick with maybe the biggest statement win of the year, and that deserves celebration with the race team. And you think about the pressure on this team. Wrong side of the cut line for a number of weeks. Knew they needed to win. Knew this was one of his best racetracks. Wife Delena, daughter Piper, going to take this in. Look at that. You remember a couple years ago, he had this celebration with his son. Yeah, had that moment with Keelan, right? Yeah. Junior, a couple years ago. Now she gets her turn to go get the flag in front of these Michigan fans who waited it out through the rain delay and everything. What a great moment for a parent. (laughs) Piper's like, what do I do with this, Daddy? Man, I've seen you pull off some clutch wins in your career. You know, championship aside, is this maybe the most clutch win you've ever pulled off? Uh, just um, good timing for sure. You know, we've had uh, several good runs the last few weeks. Um, Loudon and uh, Pocono, where the car ran good and, and just, you know, didn't have everything work out. So just really proud of everybody on our Bushlight Apple Ford Mustang. Uh, they've been digging along all year long, trying to um, make these Mustangs run faster. Uh, they haven't been great this year, but... Uh, our guys have done a good job in, in trying to uh, 
take what we have, maximize it, and do the things that we need to do. Just really proud of everybody at Stuart Haas Racing. Everyone doubted you guys. Did you guys ever doubt yourselves and think, we're not going to pull this off with four races to go? Everybody who doubted us doesn't know us. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously know that we thrive in these, in these types of situations. And, you know, a lot of things went our way today, which, um, you know, we haven't had all year long have things go our way and, and have things fall our way. And then there at the end, we pitted, didn't go a lap down. And, you know, the caution came out, got control of the race. Uh, that's the thing I struggled with the most today was traffic and the restarts and just having to make up ground. But once I got clear track, that baby was hunting. Kevin, with only four shots to do it, did you think the win had to come today at one of your best racetracks? Well, you, you know, I think as, as, you know, I get that question every week. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. But we don't do anything different. You go out and you try to put yourself in a position to, to win the race and, and try to capitalize on a day and put a whole day together. And today we put a whole day together. How about these Michigan fans waiting it out through the rain delay? And you seem to enjoy this win a little bit more, Kevin. You soaked it in a little bit more. Why? Yeah, it's been a while. And, you know, coming to Michigan, this has been a, a great place for us. And just got to thank all the fans uh, that stuck with us. Um, through this little dry spell, so hopefully we can we can get back to victory lane uh, again soon. You had this moment with Keelan a few years ago. Now you get to share it with Piper. That's got to be fun, huh? Yeah, she's she's um, <laughs> definitely trying to get used to it. Are you going to go for a ride with me? You going to go? Yeah. All right, there you go. There we go. There you go. How about that, Michigan race fans? Piper's going to go for a ride. Daddy's going to take her to victory lane. It's a short ride, but it's a fun ride for a little kid. And Don, what a cool moment, you know, to share with your with your kid there, and the, the fans loved it, and I I, I I absolutely loved it as well. Yeah, first, okay, two points. First point, <laughs> amazing crowd at Michigan. Yeah. Um, even especially with the rain and everything, they had had tornadoes. Mike, uh, the, the night that we recorded, they got hit with a tornado there in the infield, tore up a bunch of haulers and stuff, or uh, merchandise haulers and stuff, is uh, what I had seen. They didn't. They still went back to their campers or whatever and came back into the stands, which was amazing. As far as Piper goes, she's the one I'm talking Everybody talks about Keelan. You know, it's always Keelan and Brexton and Keelan and Brexton, you know, that those are the racing kids. I've seen video of her. They, you know, they got her a little cart and stuff, too. And I think she's the one that you got to watch for because she's going to want to do what Big Brother does and do it better. So, um, but I loved it. Yeah, there was no hesitation. She was like, put me in the car. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, then she still what she just did her little, you know, elbow, elbow in, you know, wave and stuff, her little homecoming queen wave. It was great. So but good stuff. Good, you know, good to see Harvick and then back in victory lane. You always think of all these cliches and stuff, but it's like, okay, well, maybe they've awakened the <laughs> you know, the the monster or whatever now and uh, the rest of the field might be in trouble if that team gets rolling. But it was good to see because Stuart Haas racing there was had a little bit of struggling going on, and, you know, we've talked about that. We'll see what Truex can do. And, and I still think that 10 car, you still got to watch for Eric, you know, because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if they, if they get going too, he's always capable of winning. Another driver that uh, Philippe has worked with. Philippe, I think you've worked with just about every – anybody that's over the age of, of 35, you've worked with. That means I'm old. That's all that means. <laughs> um, well, uh, and then, Mike, I know we have uh, some more audio, don't we? Yeah, on Kyle Busch on the wreck. We were talking about Bubba and how Bubba takes, you know, took that loss and, you know, he was very upset. 
compare that, you know, because the next person that I can think of about being upset, that upset of second place is, is Kyle Bush. And usually you get, you know, dickhead is what you get, you know, from him. But, but again, you can't fault the guy. He wants to win. You know, he that's what he's there for. And if he's not, he just doesn't see any positive in it at all. It's just no. When you think about it, when you think over the long haul, Bubba's actually had the last few weeks, better finishes. I mean, has finished better than Kyle Busch has in several of these races and has just raced better. But let's hear what's Kyle got to say. So here's what happened after the accident on lap 24 with Kyle. Here we go. Kyle, what happened there? Can you tell us? I just was um, trying to bide my time and knew we weren't going to necessarily need to be in a hurry there to get points for the end of that stage. It was going to be a 40 lap run and it was going to be plenty of time to get up there with our car, we had a really fast interstate batteries camera. I mean, it was looking really good for the day and um, obviously not a good result. So just got squeezed between the 10 spinning and myself in the fence. So um, just don't get it, man. Just can't buy a break right now. What's the level of frustration? You said you can't buy a break. You had a car that you thought you could win. Uh, one out of 10, Infinity. That is Kyle Bush. You heard the frustration there. This will be a string of eight finishes outside the top 10 for the driver of the number 18. Yeah, he's had a run of bad luck, it seems like, this year. Uh- after he got that win a while back, you know. Okay, because all three of us here, you know, we're all Spurs fans too. So when I hear Kyle Busch, he's right up there on the interview list with me with Pop. Because it's always like, <laughs> like as yeah. soon as a reporter asks a question, it's like you ask him, like, ooh, like just waiting to duck because you just never know when the zinger is going to come, you know, <laughs> when he's just going to get you with that. Did you really just ask that? <laughs> yeah. Philippe, were you aware? Because Mike and I, we we talked about this last week when we uh, when we recorded. It actually had broke while we were recording. But you were aware, right, of uh, last week that Kyle and Samantha and Brexton were actually in the Mall of America when the shooting took place. Were you aware of that? No, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, they were in the mall at the time, and and there was more information, Mike, since we recorded that came out <laughs> from that. But actually, you know, Samantha went and posted on Instagram and talked about. You know, how scary it was instantly because, you know, she's like, when you hear all these stories all the time, you think to yourself, okay, what would I do? And then it happens. And she happened to be in a very, in a different part of the mall. She was shopping with some girlfriends and Brexton and Kyle were at the uh, carousel. So where she was, was where more the shooting area was. And, and she thought she heard something. And then she said, she just sees people running and they're yelling and they're like active shooter, active shooter. And so immediately she said she froze and all she could think of is where is Kyle and Brexton? So she picks up her phone and she said, thank God he answered right then. They didn't have a clue because they're in the other half of the mall and have no idea what's going on. And so as soon as they hear, you know, they, they start walking out and they get escorted to a completely um, separate area to a parking lot and all. But she said just that feeling of when they were finally reunited, the three of them unlike anything she'd ever experienced before. And it's just, it was just so strange, uh, Philippe, that that had come down and here, you know, here's Kyle Busch, one of the biggest stars in NASCAR that's happened to be in the, and they actually have closed circuit video or footage of him and Brexton, like exiting out uh, one of the doorways or something going to the parking lot. So just, you know, you just never know. Scary times. Scary, scary times. About Kyle Busch, is he going to be back with, Joe Gibbs, do you think, or how do you think all this is going to play out? Well, um, there's just there's a lot of moving pieces on that, and there's still some big hurdles. It's not so much. I know uh, it seems like every time the, I hear something out out in the public, it's all about what, what Kyle wants and 
how much he's asking for. And it's, it's, it's a lot more complicated than that. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kyle's looking at the, I think Kyle's looking at the, the next contract he signs. It's where he's going to retire. Yeah. He's trying to make sure that that's going to be the spot he needs to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's had a lot of success with Toyota. Mm-hmm. And I know that the Toyota camp really wants him, but you, know, you got to make, you got to, it's got to make business sense. Mm-hmm. So, do you think part of the reason why the sponsorship isn't there for him is maybe has to do with his attitude and the way he's been in the past? I mean, that maybe he scares sponsors away in a, in a sense from that standpoint, because he's just such a ticking time bomb sometimes. I mean, yeah, he wins, but you just never know what he's going to give you and how that's going to represent your brand. Yeah. I mean, yes, but he's been like that for how long now? Yeah. That's true. And that car has been fully sponsored. The Mars company has sponsored him for the longest time. Yeah. Uh, you know, unfortunately, that's when a driver gets paired up with a sponsor, for whatever reason, that sponsor leaves. It, they're, they're usually hard to find, get a sponsor for. Um, it's, it's just a sign of the times. I mean, Eddie had that problem with once STP left. It's hard to, you know, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but if, if FedEx and Denny ever split up, Denny's going to be looking for the same same yeah. problems that Kyle has. Dell Jr. Uh, on his download a couple of weeks ago talked about it a little bit, and he felt that, you know, that maybe Denny and uh, Joe Gibbs would come together, and he said, you know, that there's a lot of different things that they could do outside of the contract itself like you know maybe there's incentive bonuses for wins or something he said and yeah you know maybe joe loses a little bit of money in the situation but in the long run from an owner standpoint do i want kyle driving for me or do i want to be driving against kyle and he's like i want kyle driving for me and i think you know i would be willing to to take that (laughs) take that risk and give him something just to try to make him a little happier to get him a little closer you know maybe where they can meet in the middle some way but you think that's a something that could be looked at? Well, the problem is maybe any other year. That's what he would be thinking. But um, this is this is not a complaint. But this car, the debut of this car, has been a lot more expensive than what we were ready for. And yeah, everybody's feeling it. The the richest owners to the poorest owners, uh, not ready for this kind of expenditure. Will it get better? Sure, it will. But you know, I'm sure right now. Joe Gibbs camp, they're sitting over there like we don't need to spend more money than, you know, what we have to. Because, like I said, this car has been, this whole undertaking has been extremely expensive. I wanted to ask you about the NASCAR schedule this year. What what you thought of the schedule, the way it's laid out and the races that have happened so far, and then like looking at next year with the possible, you know, street race coming and going back to the Coliseum. Do you, do you like the, the current NASCAR schedule with, of tracks or you think that we ought to add anything or take anything away or what, what, what's your opinion there? Well, I don't think we need to add anything. <laughs> <laughs> They've already got us run ragged. I mean, you know, the schedule is what it is. We, we adapt. Um, mm-hmm. We also like to bitch about it. Um, you know, nobody wanted to go to Los Angeles, follow it up going all the way back across the nation to go to Florida. That's just not convenient. Um, Most of the gripes that that you have heard from the teams is because of all the efficiencies that we've had under COVID. We learned how to go to racetracks and put on one-day shows. Yeah. And 
that was a huge savings to our budget. It was almost $2 million that wow. we saved because of when you add the tires, the hotels, uh, everything involved with being somewhere else for three days and, and carrying 20 people to that race, it adds up and it adds up really quick. So if there's any major complaint, it's just that we went, I thought we were, everybody was on the same page of how well it worked. Uh, and we seem to have just gone right back to the three-day shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, I know this, that's going to be a discussion this winter. Uh, team owners are going to want to know, you know, what happened. We thought we all kind of were all on the same page there. And I understand TV needs content. Yeah. They, they need practice. They need qualifying. Do you think the fans really appreciate the three-day shows? I mean, if you're going to go for a weekend for to a race, uh, get your most bang for your buck, you know? I don't, I just, no, yeah. personally, no, that's not my expertise. Uh, I'm not into selling tickets and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I just don't, I just don't see it. Um, I, I think I'm probably going to go on a limb here. If I was NASCAR, I would use the event of the weekend with TV and, and try to come up with it with a better package that it, we don't have to be there for so long. We're, we're back to sending our guys to, to the tracks on Friday, even though we don't hit the racetrack till Saturday. Yeah. It's a big expenditure. We usually see you at Texas Motor Speedway when you when you come, you know, we always hang out and stuff. And um, what are we going to do about Texas, the race at Texas? I mean, Don and I have talked about this. It just seems like that track, uh, since they put the PJ1 compound down, um, it's ruined it. I mean, the racing just doesn't seem to be as great there anymore in the – I tell you, the fans are not coming to the track like they used to. And, and what, do you th- what do you think about Texas? What, what needs to change well, there? I think NASCAR has learned a lot about resin and PJ1. and mm-hmm. that, that seems to be going away. Uh, we are having a problem with the tracks, I believe, uh, last couple of weeks where they use resin. It doesn't go away. It's still there. Uh, because it's heat activated, it'll slowly wear away. But we're going to have to mm-hmm. deal with it for a couple more years. Texas. Uh, I don't know. I'm an apologist. Every time we go to Texas and there's not enough people in the stands, I always like to blame the Cowboys or, or blame something else that's going on. But we do find that our audience is a little bit, our live audience is a little bit smaller at all the NFL towns that half of the year. Mm -hmm. That is no excuse for the first half of the year because there is no NFL. Yeah. So I don't know. Texas hits strange, you know, when they first opened up. The big deal is how do how do we get out of here with all these people? And you know now it's it's just just drive right on in, drive right yeah. on out. Should they like do should they do like Atlanta? Maybe it seems of that's the best crowd we've had in Atlanta. And it was a the great race. race. Was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I mean, the, I think the audiences overall are up, but you know we're all crossing our fingers that it's going to reflect the Texas. But I'm, I'm just we're afraid that when we go back there with NFL season back in full swing. It's just hard to get a crowd. Yeah, and then this year, you know, it's the race is in September, toward the end of September, right in the middle of high school football and college football and NFL. Yeah, unless you're going to run on Wednesday, you're fighting a lot of football. We talk a lot um, each week. We we have been talking a lot um, about the one car, um, <laughs> about Ross Chastain and some of the, the drama and stuff. And, and I've become a Ross Chastain homer. I, I like the kid. I, I, I've liked him – 
you know, here's my argument, Philippe, and you tell me how how off I am because I usually am off. But I told Mike and I, I went on a tangent. I'm over like the the complaining every week about it because a it's not like this is his first time driving in the cup series he's driven like this in every series I mean he drove like this last year as well in my opinion the difference this year is Ross is winning and to me Ross is in the head especially of certain veterans on the track you know because they haven't been having the same success and it's like where all of a sudden is this guy coming from but Ross has always been an aggressive driver a lot of the guys complaining are aggressive drivers. I've seen them be very aggressive on the track. Um, I don't think he needs to apologize. I don't want him to apologize, and I sure as hell don't want him to change. I like his driving style, and I, I like – again, I feel like he has fallen into place. He's got an owner that believes in him, a team that believes in him, an organization that believes in him, and I just feel like he's old-school – you know, old school mentality. I love the fact too, that he's like, you know, he's not friends with drivers. He, I, like I told Mike last week, he's not worried about on Monday where they're going to lunch or where they're going to play golf, you know, during the week. He, he's, he's just there to race. He is a racer. And, um, your thoughts on it. I mean, I know he's torn up some cars or whatever, but I just feel like when you're in a position for a win, you do what you got to do. Well done. <laughs> I knew you would tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'll just make a couple observations. He's the money guy, though, Mike. So you know he's <laughs> with the team. So this is where I go. <laughs> the way he has gone about getting some of these wins and getting in to put himself into the championship run, I don't see him winning the championship because of that. There is a long list. It's not just Denny Hamlin. There is a list because TV misses half of the stuff that goes on. Yeah. <laughs> so if he is fortunate enough to be one of the four to get the Phoenix, uh, that guy's going to be drawing straws on, on who's going to make the highlight. But what's <laughs> tell me what's the difference? What do you see? And the and and the two guys I'm going to name are two of my other favorites. So because I like the way they drive too. But what is the difference between what Ross Chastain how he drives? or how he's driven and Joey Logano or Brad Keselowski, you know, the take no prisoners kind of, or let me throw one more in there. Denny Hamlin. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying one is better than the other. Yeah. No, no, no. But, I'm just saying, but don't they drive? But, I mean, but, but you have, but you have to admit the one has been in more highlights this year than any other car. Yeah. So he's using it as a staple. He's having a hard time passing these guys clean. That That's the problem. The other mistake, this is my just my opinion, that if anything that Ross has done, if that's his style, then don't go on TV afterwards and say, I did wrong, I need to do better, I, I shouldn't be doing that. Because I never heard Dale Earnhardt say that. Well, in fact, Junior, one the time. Yeah, Junior <laughs> said, don't do that, you know, I mean, because he said, first of all, don't but do he it. he did it, and he's done it several times. Yeah, he told him, don't do it because you didn't mean it. He said it was bullshit. We all know that you didn't mean it, but... um. What I wanted to say, though, is I thought you brought up a great point. It's he's the guy that we're seeing. And that's when I start to ask myself, <laughs> but is it we're seeing him do it? Not to say that he's doing it more than other guys, but that's TV, though, spinning a story, too. This has become a storyline to talk about every week. So it's like and that's where I guess my anger in it kind of got it pissed me off. And Mike will tell you, I've talked about it week after week because I felt like. 
it's been spun into more than what it should be or should have been to begin with because he's always been that type of driver. He drove like that with Ganassi. I mean, he's he's driven like Dale Jr. talked about on his download how he rented a house from Jr. or a room from Jr. And that Jr. used to tell him all the time when he was driving in, in the Xfinity series, dude, stay away from my car. You know, you can wreck any other car. Stay away from the Jr. Motorsports car. You're costing me money. So he's always been that kind of driver. So I don't understand why all of a sudden the only factor to me is because he's winning it, and it was like it was frustrating to a lot of these veterans. It's like, okay, all of a sudden, where did this guy come from? And he's not in the clique. He's not a part of their little clique. Well, you got to remember, though, there's a big difference between bump and run and wrecking. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point. He is not too good at, at executing the bump and run. Yeah. He's very good at executing the wreck and run. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Well, unlike I'll give Joey and them all them other guys you listed, they can do bumping runs. They okay. can pass clean, and and that's what Ross needs to do. He needs to show these guys. Yeah, I'm going to lay the bumper to you, but I'm not going to wreck you. All right, yeah. Mike IndyCar off this week. Um, they'll be back the tw- uh, what is it? I guess the twentieth. I think is when they come back. So they're I off this week. I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, and then NHRA, we want to let folks know, I, I, I know you'll touch base on that, but we've got an interview that we're getting ready to play here in just a second for you folks. Mike and I got to sit down with a young up and coming driver that's actually a third generation driver, another third generation driver in the pro stock series there. And he's Texan. He's from Odessa, Texas. Uh, Mason McGahey racing there in the pro stock series. And Mike, you and I got to sit down with him last night and talk with him for a while. Great kid. Yeah, great, great kid, and he's up and coming, and um, he's due for a victory. He's had a lot of semifinal finishes this this uh, season, um, and he's uh, six in points right now. And uh, the countdown to the championship is in about two or three more races, and and uh, so he'll he'll he should make the playoffs as well. And I look forward to see him just continue doing better. So they're in Topeka, Kansas this weekend, yeah. which we talk about and make fun of. Because I just can't think of any place better in the world that I'd want to be is Topeka, Kansas. <laughs> now, Don, you can't say that. <laughs> I've I've been to Topeka, Don. It's not that bad. Okay. <laughs> As compared to what? Uh, Oklahoma, Crazy Idaho, or what? <laughs> Alphys, Oklahoma. Luke knows what I'm talking about. Uh, or Austin, Texas. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> a little Aggie shot there. And yeah, here I am sitting surrounded by Aggies here right now. But it's not, we do our picks and we even, we still ask Philippe, even though we know who he's got to say. Uh, 43. <laughs> 43 or the 42. All right. Battling it out. Now, that would be interesting, though, if the 42 got a win. Here, y'all kick him to the curb. <laughs> kick him to the curb. What if he got a win before the 43? There's no curves at the racetrack. He was not kicked to the curb. <laughs> Mike, I guess really quick while we have Philippe on, we should ask him this because we talked about there with Richard Childers Racing and, you know, with the announcement and everything. Um, Tyler Redder? Yeah, about Tyler Reddy going to going over there to 2311. And, you know, a lot of the talk, of course, is all the attention goes to Dylan, you know, to Austin and, and to that three car. And when, in fact, it probably should have been on Tyler Reddy this whole time. I mean, he's the better driver of the two. I mean, oh. the car has been doing well. Because you work with Ty, and I mean, I and I've heard really good things about Ty Dillon. That you know, he's a he's a a great kid. I mean, he's a nice kid and stuff. I'm not the greatest driver. I don't feel. I mean, in my opinion, but but 
like why is it that granddaddy gives one a, a ride not the other it's kind of shitty <laughs> yeah, kind of you, shitty probably, you, you probably need to ask granddaddy that yeah. <laughs> it's just just curious oh so. well, yeah it's an open spot now i mean <laughs> move them into the well there will be there will, there will be, be. Yeah. for a whole nother year but but we know that that's probably not going to happen because who is it that we think is going to go? Is it Austin Hill? That's probably going to. That well, I mean, Austin's done a really good job in the twenty one Xfinity car. So I mean, obviously he's going to want to move up. How quick we don't know, and whether that times out with the RC. We'll have to see. All right, Mike, give me your picks for Rich. Okay, I'm going to go uh, Blaney for the win. Okay. Long shot. My long shot is Eric Jones. <laughs> uh huh. My really, my really, really long shot. I'm on Big Bubba. <laughs> okay, Bubba. Yeah. It's funny because our really, really long shots, when it used to be like, you know, my really, really, really long shot is going to be, you know, Michael McDowell or something. And it's like now you can't nope. even do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Philippe? Uh, if we don't win, <laughs> uh-huh. um, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to say what I said earlier. The pressure's up on those two cars. Everybody knows it. Their organizations know it. I think they're going to try to help all they can. I think it's going to come down between the 19 and uh, Blaney. Okay, mm-hmm. so, you, so you'll one, go Truex then? Uh, I'm going to go with whoever's in front of the other one on the last lap. Okay, so then we'll do those as your two picks, and then who's your really, really, really dark horse? But Richmond's such a it's a different kind of racetrack. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll throw Eric out there, Almarola. Okay, good okay. pick. All right. Well, I'll just go way different than both of y'all. Why not? So yeah, uh, you're done. <laughs> um, it's Richmond. I don't know. Um, he's had a few really, really, really sucky weeks. So I'm gonna say Kyle Busch for the win. My dark horse. Well, let's do Bubba because I got to pick Bubba till he wins. So I'll do him as my dark horse there. And then my really, really, really dark horse. Um, shoot. You know what? Okay, here. I'll. <laughs> why not Ty? I'll say Ty Gibbs. Why not? I mean, you know, I don't know how he's going to do it at Richmond, but uh, he'll be there in that 45 car. So we'll we'll see what happens. That would be kind of funny if that happened. That That's my picks. Those are way different. Plus, I just didn't want to pick the same people y'all did. So, Philippe, uh, I mean, I, I want to hopefully have you on before the end of the damn season. But just in case we don't, how do you see this playing out? I mean, you've, you told us you to see more than 17 winners, you think, but. Who's a, who do you think right now, if you were looking at it right now, who would you pick as, as walking away with the championship? Uh, I still have to think, and I'm not saying this because I'm in that camp, uh, but I think for the overall, for the whole year, Chevrolet is going to win the championship. Okay. I uh, just don't know what out of state, which stable is coming out of. Mm-hmm. But like I said, yes, to- Toyota's run really good the last couple of months. And, you know, now here comes Ford, but. Chevrolet Trackhouse has run good since February to last weekend. Chevrolet's going to do it. So Denny Hamlin will be a bridesmaid once again, you think? Sure. Why not? Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, uh, we enjoy, as always, getting to see you. Don't lose my number this time, and we'll do this more often. Yes. Well, you know, we're we're here every week. You just tell us when when you're available. Okay. I just have to give you a. I have to give him at least two days' notice so he can get his beauty sleep beforehand. At, at least two days' notice. Definitely got to do this once football season starts. Yes. I can't. Yeah. I can't wait till y'all play Alabama. Here we go. 
There yeah. we go, Mike. He's he's already starting it. Uh, uh, Jimbo Fisher's got a good team together this year, I think. So it's, I think he's got a good one, but I think the real good one will be next year. Because I think everybody yeah. needs to remember that that number one first class, they're yeah. freshmen. They're not. We'll be lucky that's, if half of them see the field this year. That's true. What are you? Are you ready for our Cowboys again, or any any hopes? <laughs> well, I guess, but the receiving core is going down every day they practice. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know who. You know who's Dak going to throw to? I don't know, but there was um, really quick before I let y'all go. Go check out. There's, in fact, I'll send it to both of you because it's hard to find. But there's this. There's a Twitter page, and I think it's on Facebook too. It's Dallas TV, I think is what it's called, and they they it's always like videos that they show either wrecks or fights and stuff going on in you know deep ellum or in other clubs and stuff in dallas whatnot well in the airport i guess there was a spirit airlines i guess it is or one of those um one of their employees got into it with this ghetto girl who's just going off and she takes a smack at him and then tries to take off and dude is like a i mean just went to marcus Ware on this guy that's standing in the way i mean he got his arm up and threw him down and tackled that I mean, tackled her, took her down, and then gets up and smacks the hell out of her. And, of course, everybody's like, you know, what's the man doing? I'm like, that it, that's self-defense. She's clocked him first. I don't care. I've, I'm a woman, and I've always said that. If I swing, I better be ready to get hit back. I don't care. But um, but it's good stuff. And, anyways, I immediately was like, Dallas, uh, that's just a quick drive over to Frisco to the practice field for that kid because, um, oh, my God, he was yeah. – he was straight up LB, and I mean, and they're just got that arm. <laughs> I mean, just the feet never stopped. It was the angle, everything about it. Nice open field tackle. That's what we need. So, all right, guys. Well, I love seeing both of you. It's good to see both of you. Um, I wish we could do it in person, Philippe. I know it's you're not at the tracks this season, which sucks, but mm-hmm. maybe you could surprise us. You know, you know that Texas is my birthday weekend. Is it? Yes, yeah. it is. So, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Mike, Mike, where, where's A and M playing that weekend? I have no. I haven't seen the schedule yet. Well, let's I'm, figure it out. Maybe we'll coordinate something with Don. Yeah, All absolutely. Right, that would be awesome. All right, guys, love you both, and thanks, of course, to everyone once again for listening. Stay tuned. Uh, we will again uh, Mason McGehey interview here coming up. Uh, Mike, of course, has got us all hooked up once again with an NHRA pro stock driver, and not just any pro stock driver. He's a third generation pro stock driver, and even more important than that, he's Texan. So you know, you know, we've got to get him on. Then, of course, uh, Mason McGehey is on with us tonight. How are you, Mason? Good. How are y'all? We are doing well, thank you. Doing great. I'm glad to have you on. And man, we're excited about talking to you about your drag racing career here and how well things are going this year for you. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's you know, we've I've had like you know, I guess this we started in 2020, and so I guess this is kind of like my third year going mm-hmm. now. And you know, I feel like I've held my own pretty pretty well. well we're still chasing that first win, but you know. The results have been pretty good so far. Yes, it has. And and I tell you what, uh, Don, he drives a really bad-looking car. It's a uh, Chevrolet Camaro in the Pro Stock. Your uh, Harlow Salmon's racing Chevrolet Camaro. It's a great color of – I don't know, what, what color blue is that? So it's actually a factory Chevy color, the ones that they use on the Corvettes, the Alcart oh. Lake Blue Metallic, and it, it's a really nice color. I love it. 
yeah it's a it's a nice looking car mm. uh, especially when it's all shiny and everything in the sun and everything and and you're you're don had mentioned you're a third generation driver your uh your dad chris has been racing a long time i've seen him compete uh many times and i actually have seen him uh i was at the track when he won a couple of races so uh uh you come from a great family so t- tell us how your journey came came about and how did you get to the nhra well like you said i'm a third generation racer so you know it's just i've you know been in a racing family and you know chris was the same way he grew up in it and so when when i came along it was just like oh you know we we go racing and i've always just been at the track and i I don't really know any different. I started running the junior when you could, as soon as you could at eight years old and ran, ran that, you know, whenever we weren't pro stock racing as much as we could. And then when I turned 16, we had a Copo Camaro and we all right, get in that to get acclimated to something faster. And we were, we had trouble with that junior and we're, we got to get out of that thing. We just, we aren't, we aren't good bracket racers. And so that thing gave us, gave us some fits and I guess the Copa is a bracket car also, but it was, you know, more like a real car. So, you know, we're, we were kind of more warmed up to doing that, but ran that, I guess, two years. And then when I was 17, 18 ish, somewhere in there, uh, my senior high school, you know, I made as many days as I could to try and get licensed in that car. And through the whole COVID shutdown, that, that was probably the only good thing with COVID is, you know, it took time off from the main season to kind of get me caught back up to licensing and not get get left behind. And, you know, like I mentioned earlier, it's about my third year. And so that's where I'm at right now. Well, that's great. Well, you uh, I was looking at some of the stats here and everything. And you uh, let's see on uh, I think you had to, uh, if the stats are right on the NHRA site, you are currently six in the point standings. And, and you've had 36 career races so far and uh 10 semifinal finishes uh that's that's impressive as well considering what few races you've actually you know have competed in since you started uh yes and you know i i'm a big baseball fan so you know numbers and stats to me are are big and you know that, i feel like that's a pretty good semifinal appearance percentage you know 10 out of you said 36 races right yeah yeah uh, i'd say that's a Good, good little percentage there, but that that semifinal round has kind of kicked our butt. We hadn't been able to team to get past that except for the four wides, which I guess making it to the a final in the four wides kind of like a semifinal unless you runner up or win. But it that's been the hard part about this whole deal is getting that semi and you know getting past it and winning yeah. that race. And I was telling Dawn, you know, and we, we've had uh, Camry, Camry uh, Carusco on here about a month or so ago. And I was telling Dawn, you know, when you have Camry and Erica Enders in your class and Greg Anderson and Dallas Glenn and, and you know, the list goes on. I mean, Mason, I was, you know, I was telling Dawn every time and she, she's been to some, some of the races with me up at the Motorplex before. And um, but she's still fairly new in the drag racing and she's not a veteran like I am as far as, you know, I've been watching drag racing for uh, heck since back in the eighties, you know, seventies and eighties, but your class is such a competitive class. It's like every time you go to the line, there's no gimme, gimme races in your class. I mean, it's, it's tough to even to get past the first round and, and here you are, you're, you're getting it done. Oh yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, then, you know, I'll, 
after the qualifying run, I'll be looking at the sheet, you know, looking at, you know, one through 16 and, you know, kind of looking at potential round matchups and I'll be looking and I've said this, you know, everything I've done and it's like, I mean, I'll look and I'm like, and there's, there's no, there's no, like you said, there's no gimme. It's just, it's, it's that one through 16. And I mean, really, I feel like you could just draw a name out of that hat one through 16 and, you know, you could say, oh yeah, that person could probably win today, but it's just, it's a it's a tough class. Yeah, wow. and one more thing I want to mention, Don, real quick. He, he, you know, I mentioned a bunch of drivers, and I forgot to mention his dad. I mean, Mason <laughs> sometimes draws his dad on the on the line, and and you know, his dad has won eight 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 wins in pro stock and 196 races he's been in. So he's another tough competitor. You never know about your dad. You know what what he can get done. Oh yeah, when 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 Chris, you know, there's you know he'll he'll tell you like you know there's sometimes he's just kind of you know. He's just there, he's mediocre. But then when Chris can be on, he'll he, he's probably the, the best one out there. You know, there's there's some of them races. He's just he's just lights out. I mean, he'll he'll be down the tree and just making good clean runs, and it, it's a hard package to beat when he's on. Well, Mason, I know y'all just wrapped up uh, recently a, a big West Coast swing. I know y'all will be in Topeka, Kansas for the Menards NHRA uh, Nationals, and it's presented by Pet Armor, which I have to say, I, it's, it's good. And Mike, I know I'm new to it, but or relatively new, but I know for a long time their sponsorship, I think, uh, in, in all of racing, you know, across the board, it, it was difficult. I mean, for teams and stuff, and, and then especially to get national sponsors for each one of the races and stuff. And um, I, I know I'm digressing here, but... It's it's cool to see. We've been talking about this quite a bit because it used to just be you would call, you know, you would tell me, okay, well, it's the such and such nationals. Leave it up there. Now, you know, we're getting them each and we're getting them sponsored by a company itself, too. So that's got to be good for the sport. I mean, you're not going to be getting that unless people are tuning in and watching and eyes are on it. So uh, I like that, that Pet Armor has stepped up and will be. Uh, so first of all, it's Menards and then Pet Armor. So, I mean, that's that's a it, it's obviously it's a big race. Tell me a little bit about the track uh, and the facility there at Topeka. Is it a track that you uh, enjoy, not enjoy? Uh, I, I haven't been to Topeka too many times. I only ran there myself last year, and I didn't, I didn't, unfortunately didn't get to go down the track first round because of the old bird down I had. But, you know, I mean, uh, it's, it's, I feel like it's a good facility. You know, it's, it's not like a super track like Vegas or Charlotte, but mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't rank it towards the bottom. I mean, it's, it's one thing you go, oh man, we're going, we're going to Topeka, and so I've, I've enjoyed going there, even with you know racing with Chris or racing myself. Well, I was wondering because I'm like, you know, when when you think of places to go, Topeka, Kansas, <laughs> like you said, it's all like, woo. Yeah. It always reminds me you're a young, well, like, you're, you're a way young kid, and I so you've probably. And and this would pain me if you haven't. But did you ever see the movie Wayne's World? No, I hadn't seen the movie Wayne's World. Chris has made references references to it all the time. Okay, I, yeah. I need to watch it at some point because he always makes references. Yes, we need to talk to Chris about his parenting here because if you haven't seen Wayne's yeah. World. <laughs> No, there's a there's a scene in it, and, you're, and it's not going to be you're not going to think it's funny now because it's not there in front of you. But you can Google this scene. Um, just Google Wayne's World, Delaware, and it'll tell you. But there's a scene where they're jumping back and forth behind the green screen, and it's it's showing different places, and they're like, "We're going to you know Vegas or whatever," and they're acting it out, and then all of a sudden it says Delaware, and they're like, "Hello, we're in Delaware." <laughs> it's 
like, what do you get excited about? That's what I would think Topeka, Kansas would be. But who knows? It could be everyone, you know, it could be somebody's favorite track to go to. But um, is there a track on the on the circuit that you really seem to enjoy or look forward to on the schedule uh, that you see or that you've had some success at? Uh, well, I mentioned the, you know, super tracks like, you know, Vegas and Charlotte, you know, the, all the Bruton Smith tracks. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love going to those. So it's just, you know, it's just top-notch facilities. And I've done pretty good at Vegas. I, I think I've ran there three times, and I made it to both four-wide finals. And one of the times when we ran the two-wide, I made it to the semis. So I'm, I've always liked going to that track just because, it's like I said, it's nice. And then we've had some good success there, too. Well, and I would hope you would like to come or when you come to, well, I guess the Houston track, although that's not going to be anymore, but then coming up here to to the Dallas area and going to the, uh, to the track up here, I'm sure that's your hometown track for you. So. Oh yeah. We, we always love coming to Dallas too. I forgot to mention that one. That's okay. It's okay. And really, <laughs> and right. my, my last question, I have to do it because I'm looking, you know, I, I, I know you're from Odessa, Texas. I'm looking behind you. I see Dak Prescott. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure behind yeah. me, you see my Cowboys. <laughs> uh, yeah, stuff yeah, I but but I, I, I see some Yankee stuff there, and I understand you're a pretty big Yankees fan. Uh, how did that come about? Here you're a Texas kid, and, and, and it's not the, the, the Rangers or the Strohs. Huh? Is it because they, they can't seem to win anything lately or? Uh, when they have they uh, they've gotten busted for cheating or <laughs> that, that's all chris's fault he he was bouncing around you know i guess he didn't really i guess follow a certain team he just kind of follow around different players and he he always told me he loved daryl strawberry and he ended up on the yankees and you know and then the yankees were doing good and it's kind of like well you know i kind of like the yankees and then when i came along i was like well who who do we like oh we like the yankees oh okay and you know i didn't know that they were you know 27 time world champion, you know, and, you know, the big bad Yankees are just, oh, the Yankees. And then I figured out, oh, you know, they're, they're the team everybody hates. But, and, you know, of course, there's always the, the, uh, stigma that, oh, Yankee Cowboy bandwagon fans. I'm all, no, no, no. If I was a bandwagon, I would totally both teams right now. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Mason, uh, you know, you talk about being a Yankee fan. I, I'm not sure if you know this, but you probably do, but, uh, our our good friend Joe Costello with WFO Radio there you see down there on the on the line he's a big Yankees fan you, you ever talk to him at all about the 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 uh, New York Yankees oh yeah well you know I'll see him all you know hey you know Yankees you know we won last night you know, oh yeah 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 we won you know we've been doing pretty good and so we'll chit chat about it it's no one whenever we see each other. Yeah, I always give him a hard time whenever I see him and everything. But uh, uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, uh, I see here that you're a, a student at uh, UT Permian Basin uh, studying engineering. Uh, man, that, that's really cool. How, how do you balance uh, racing and, and going to school and all that? Is is that tough to do that? It, it's pretty tough. And uh, oh, I try my, my best to get the, my schedule where it's, you know, middle of the week and not interfere with, you know, or, you know Mondays or Fridays and, you know, Try to get as much work done on during the week, so I don't have to, you know, worry about homework on the weekend and uh-huh. making a run and worrying about. Because I'm like, you know, that's the race. We got to worry about the race. I, who cares about homework? But it's it's a tough tough 
that's Dilla Juggle. And I also understand some of the things that you've learned at school now. You've are actually have been able to go into the shop and apply some of these your knowledge to the race cars with you, with Chris and everything. Uh, so that's got to be kind of exciting, you know, going to school and learning things that you can apply to your your racing career there. Yeah, we we I, Chris he uses SolidWorks to um, design up different stuff for the race team and and. I've seen them do it before and then I kind of piddle around with it a little bit, but not too hardcore. And then I took a class this, this spring that was just driven towards that program. And it was also some actual hand drawing, but then the whole second half was towards the AutoCAD program. And yeah. so I learned a lot more about it. And then this summer he's had me doing some stuff for the oil field shop and, you know, drawing up different parts. And we, we got this one lay down machine trailer that the, fab shop's been actually building and we need you know, nice solid blueprints. So I've been trying yeah. to draw it up as much as I can in the computer and then hopefully get in on a blueprint and have nice, good blueprint. That's great. Well, I, I tell you what, I know you're, you're, you're working hard and you're uh, doing the best you can in this, this very competitive class, uh, Mason. And, uh, you know, I mentioned you were earlier, earlier that you're six in points. We only have a few more races and we have the countdown to the championship. And um, more than likely, you're going to be in that top ten in the countdown this year if you keep keep it up. Uh, what 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 are you uh, what are you looking forward to the most? Is finish out the the rest of the season and getting in the countdown? And what are, what are your goals here as you close out this racing season? Uh, you know, I you know every time we pull into the track, it's just you know want that that first win. You know, uh, yeah. like you obviously you don't want to win a championship, but I want to I want to get that first win before anything really before I you know look on to anything, but you know last year finished seventh you know we can improve even if it's just six if we can improve on that uh, that's an improvement from last year and you know I just like I said that first win. Great and one more thing, can you uh, plug your sponsors and tell us who all your sponsors are so we can give them some credit and get them some love too. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we obviously Harlow Salmon's Racing, you know, our our own company, our oil field company, yeah. and Southwest Performance, you know, those are engines. And we also do lots of sportsman stuff for, you know, guys in Comp Eliminator and Stock, Super Stock, you know. So got to shout out Rick Rick Waters there, even though he might give me a hard time at the shot, you know, got to shout him out. And, yep, I got to give those two a shout out. Good. Good. I, I guess uh, the school start for you here in the next week or two. Do you get back into or have you been going during the summer as well? I took I took the summer off. I said, ah, I need a I need a little bit of a break from that. And I'll start the week of Indy. It's like the 28th or 29th. I'll start right before Indy. Mm, goodness. And, and tell us, I mean, what is it that you're I know your your degree is in engineering. I mean, what are you uh, hoping to do with an engineering degree later on? Uh, I'm going so I can you know, have a we can have an engineer at the shop right now we we don't have really any engineers and so people will come by and ask my grandpa you know well well, who engineered this and he well i didn't know where's your degree i don't have a degree i just learned it myself and so we need a certified i guess engineer (laughs) or we can i can sign off on oh yeah you know this is good and give that seal of approval at the shop Wow. Best of well, luck to you. 
Yeah, best of luck to you, Mason. And I tell you what, just keep at it, man. You're you're close. You're you're going to get that win. I know it's coming, and uh, I hope I'm there to see it. I, I I hope it's before the race at the Texas Motorplex. But if it if it is the first race, I hope it's the uh, Fall Nationals coming up here in a few. In, well, like two months now. We're only like two months away, so uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Awesome. Well, next time we we talk with you, uh, I'm sure our next time we we'll talk to you will probably be out at. Uh, the motorplex there at Texas. Yeah. But next time we get you on uh, right there behind your Aaron judge picture and your Dak Prescott picture, maybe right underneath it, you'll have a shelf there with a Wally on it. So right. uh, that would be really cool to see. <laughs> yep. We appreciate you coming on with us and taking the time yeah. out and uh, we'll have yourself a great evening and a great weekend. Best of luck. And uh, uh, we will be talking with you soon. Yep. Thank you. Thank you all for having me on. Okay, welcome to Wayne's World. Party on, Garth. Party on, Wayne. Okay, we've got a new feature on Wayne's World this week, which allows us to travel through time and space. It's called Chroma Key, and it's really handy if you want to go to New York. Hey, we're in New York. I got a gun. Let's get to a Broadway show. I guess kids get this. Oh, they love it. Or maybe you prefer Hawaii. Mukalakahiki, come on, you want to lay me past the point, mahalo. Or say you want to go to Texas. Howdy, partners. Let's raise and rope broncos, y'all. Or imagine being able to be magically whisked away to Delaware. Hi, I'm in Delaware. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.